I don't know. It's just really disappointing. How about you, sir? Wala na ako sa <laughs> well, bad. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm nothing to what it called contribute. Hello, hello! Thank you for joining us at Lex Talk Issues. This podcast is released by the Department of Organizational Advocacy of your very own Ateneo Lex to analyze and discuss both current events and social issues that are going on in our world. We're here to provide you with relevant information and are not so expert but backed up opinions on these issues so that you guys can be informed and form your own opinion. Today's episode is a very, very, very special episode indeed. Lex is officially kicking off the first ever business ethics talk next week. So in line with that, the business ethics talk team has requested a special episode centering on ethics. But we won't get into that just yet. Stay tuned for that because we're going to introduce who we are with. Joining us today on this special episode are Jacob Kalios. Please make some noise. Hey guys, I am Jacob Kalios from 2BSLM. And I'm the EA for Network Information Management from the Office of the Secretary General. Thanks for having me today, Benj. Nice! <laughs> we have Kristen Matias. Make some noise! <laughs> hey guys, I'm Kristen Matias, and I'm the AVP for Finance Pool Initiatives of the Ateneo Lex. Yeah! Ooh. And. Since it's a special episode, we had to bring a special guest because not only is our special guest today one of my former professors, he is my current professor <laughs> in Corp Law. Please welcome to the main stage, Attorney Sedfrey Santiago, but he prefers to be called Mr. Santiago. So please introduce yourself, Sir Sedfrey. Hello, Ben. Thank you for asking me to be here. It's my first time. Thank you. <laughs> so bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured this. I figured this would be a very good segue for Sir because he's teaching us corp law, and the topic that we are talking about today has elements of corp law. So stay tuned for that. Anyway, it is now time for your regularly scheduled disclaimer. All the views expressed here are the personal views of the podcast participants and do not express nor represent the views of Ateneo Lex nor Ateneo de Manila University. Furthermore, all news and quotes are accurate as of the time of the recording. Now, I'm sure you've been dying to hear what our topic is, so let's not waste any time. The COVID-19 pandemic has not only brought up issues of employment among the Filipino people. We've covered that in episode 3 with resiliency. But COVID-19 has also uncovered an alleged long-term corruption scam by a select group of top officials of PhilHealth, a government-owned and controlled company that provides insurance to Filipino citizens. Now, we're gonna ask ourselves if they violated any laws or any business ethics principles, so stay tuned and find out. PhilHealth, uh, G-O-C-C, which stands for what, guys? Government-owned. Government-owned. Woo! New term I learned in corp law just last <laughs> night. PhilHealth, the long-standing G-O-C-C healthcare provider, has been embroiled in controversy recently. Now, this isn't the first time they've had controversy. In fact, they've had several. I suggest you to look up the full list of scandals they've had and issues while we're talking about it. But we're going to continue on for time's sake. We're going to focus 
On the recent controversy, which is rooted in a lot of things, mainly with outstanding balances. They have a 154 billion scam involving ghost patients. We'll talk about that later. And they have um, a whole catalog, a, whole, a full list of overpriced items, and even the IRM scandal. So, I'll leave it to the floor. What is your take on the whole issue? So everybody knows that we have a very, very weak healthcare system. Like it's no way near robust, like compared to other countries, right? Yeah, so that's I'm true. just like pretty enraged. Like we already have a myriad of problems going on in our country. Yet the officials that were involved, like still had the audacity to do this, right? Just think about it. Like PhilHealth mm-hmm. had the largest share when it came to GOCC subsidies. And it was a 12% increase from 2019 with regards to the funds when the UHC uh, law was passed. The government immediately imposed an increase in the premiums to be paid by overseas workers. So it's not only like the OFWs who had um, an increase in taxes, but like everyone else. So it's pretty insolent of them, like from forms of fraud, including reimbursements for ghost dialysis, to overpriced COVID testing packages. Also because of the IRM system that released more than uh, 15 billion, right? Days before implementing the circular, the DOJ actually found that because of such negligence, the fund was the fund was implemented without sufficient standards, thus making it quite susceptible to abuse. So, can you believe that the GOCC, with the largest share in subsidies, you know, PhilHealth, has lost around 154 billion? It's just so dumbfounding, right? And I'm not saying NBI. I'm not saying that he had something to do with it. Huh? <laughs> but, NBI. <laughs> but Duke was cleared. Uh, recently, Duca was cleared, so no charges were recommended by the task force led by the DOJ. But Duca's part of the PhilHealth board as ex-officio chairman, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, guys, I'm not a fan of Tito Soto, ah. but I totally, like, I totally agree with how dumbfounding this is. Like, Duca stated that um, he was implicated with the IRM fund when he was when he wasn't even part of the process of deliberation and that he didn't sign the resolution for the IRM. So it's weird, right? Like, how are you not in the loop? (laughs) Like, how do you lack so much cognizance? It's just so weird. Like, that in itself kind of reflects on his negligent character. Another term I learned from 113. So this kind of reflects on his negligent character especially as a public servant and it's just a slap in the face to like all taxpayers well actually for the first time i actually agree with kristen you know that (laughs) (laughs) no i'm just kidding but yeah for you you know i I actually agree with kristen that this whole like philhealth fiasco is really so ill-timed like philhealth's role is so crucial during this pandemic and like yeah especially now and brian this is the worst time for changes within the PhilHealth administration to happen because that would just derail like the response to COVID-19. Like, they're supposed to be focusing on being able to properly allocate funds because our struggle with COVID-19 is also about time. Like, we're supposed to be able to do things efficiently because it's a pandemic and we need to respond fast. And yet, we're left with no choice because the very officials who are supposed to lead the response are taking advantage of this pandemic to engage in corruption, right? So we're left with no choice but to, like, replace them because 
alang anong pabayaan ng natin, de ba? There were a lot of irregularities found in the implementation of Philhealth's IRM, which is the interim reimbursement mechanism, which essentially provides payment to hospitals uh, during disasters. So the one that I'm talking about is the one established um, last March, which is actually established in response to COVID-19. And I think Kristen mentioned it also a while ago that the IRM operations began before a standard operating procedure were, was approved. So, you know, that make that's why lawmakers are saying that it's illegal because they they weren't following yeah. a proper protocol. And it's also weird how institutions that are non-COVID-19 health facilities or hospitals that only reported a few cases receive large amounts of funding and also hospitals mm. without health yeah. accreditation. So that makes you wonder, right? Like, why are they the ones receiving large amounts of funding at this time when the IRM was established as a response to COVID-19? Like, right? That doesn't make sense. Even in areas where there aren't a lot of COVID patients, they, they even gave some money to the hospitals there. Yeah. Like, yeah. make it make sense. Yeah, right? And, like, if you think about it, that makes you doubtful of, like, why, right? And where is that money going if there aren't any COVID patients there anyways? And also, to add to that, um, there's also that issue with overpriced IT equipment. And mm. what's ironic about this is that the proposed 2.1 billion IT project of Health Health is designed to check fraud. And it's so weird because that IT project has a lot of irregularities. So, for example, the Commission on Audit found that um, ICT resources, which are information and communications technology resources, um, which include computers, scanners, and the other items, was overpriced by 98 million. So, isipin yung parang five resources. So, parang I personally don't know how that could reach like 98 million. I don't know about you guys, but that doesn't make yeah, sense to yeah. me at all, talaga. And also, um, Adobe so an Adobe software which costs 168,000 per unit was listed as 21 million each in the proposed budget submitted by PhilHealth's IT sector. So Hold on, let me get my calculator. How much is Adobe per unit? 168,000. So, percent of increase yun, diba? Wait, 168,000 per unit? Yeah, yeah I think unit. it's a software kasi. Yeah, yun talaga yung nakalist. But, For the whole thing? No, they listed it as 21 million each. What? Oh yeah. wow! <laughs> so parang sobrang garapal yung pag-overprice. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how they expect Filipinos not to be doubtful of wow. this pricing, right? Because it's yeah. obviously super overpriced. Grabe pat. Yeah. Yeah. Diba? Like lastly, like government auditors found that many of the equipment that PhilHealth wanted to buy were not included in the ISSP that DICT approved. Uh, the I the ISSP is ISSP? basically the Information System Strategic Plan, which is the proposed list of what they were planning to buy. So basically, like a lot of the equipment that they wanted to buy wasn't listed there. Eh, yun yung na-approve ng DICT. So, parang weird na, bakit, bakit silang bibili ng mga equipment na hindi nila nilagay dun sa pina-approve nila? These just going yeah. against, like, protocol, diba? Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just really disappointing. How about you, sir? Wala nang masasabi. <laughs> well said. <laughs> okay, I have nothing to what they call contribute. Uh, what they call is the, the the facts, the research done by Christian and Carl. They're so good. Um, so what I can only say is that yeah, uh, this is really out. Uh, what they call this makes 
me feel so outraged with what you have said, audacity of doing all these things amid the pandemic. But I don't, I don't think this happened uh, during the pandemic only. It has been happening. And it, oh, yeah. the, the problem yeah. is that it just, just surfaced the massiveness of it all. And probably we'll be able to discover more uh, dirt in the garbage or mud, wherever. The thing has been politicized also in the fact that you have so many... Well, at least you have two reports right now, the task force and that by the Senate, and they have conflicting results. I mean, like, people are asking, for example, the center uh, is asking why there are some people who are not recommended for prosecution. At the end of the day, yeah, we have to wait for the final outcome of the probe if the truth will come out. But I'm not sure if it will at this time. But I really yes. feel bad, especially for those who rely on the field health, especially with the news that there is a, oh, the threat of or the risk of the uh, corporation going bankrupt by 2022. And personally, I've seen people uh, benefiting from this. For example, I have an aunt in the province who has been hospitalized many times and uh, her bills reached six figures. But because of PhilHealth, her bills uh, decreased. So you, you can just imagine what happens or what will happen to the to people who cannot really afford hospitalization will they just die because of the corruption committed by some so less people who have no conscience at all yeah so, exactly yeah, this really angers me um I, I don't think it's not only me but people who still believe that we should be ethical about it obviously as sir put it, these obviously there's these are all allegations because um, yeah the probe hasn't finished. This, there's still an ongoing investigation. So we can't comment on that because, again, they're just allegations. Right. And then you have this presumption of innocence until proven guilty. Yeah. Except that what, at this point, there is no denial of the, of the graft of the corruption. It's just a matter of yes, pointing sir. to who is exactly responsible. Yeah. And my fear is that some fall guy of people, uh, some hapless people who don't have any connections will be the fall guys for all of these and they will take the blame and they will be the ones to be incarcerated with all the guilty people not uh, going to jail at all and enjoying whatever they have stolen uh, the government. Yes sir. And, yeah, and definitely to add to that, like people are saying that it's a mafia in PhilHealth so it's going to be really difficult for us to um, figure out who are the, who are the ones um, accountable for this because Definitely, it's not just one person, you know, it's it's for sure yeah. the people okay. up there in the ranks because they're the ones who, who control uh, what goes on in Philha. So yeah, it's really scary because it's going to be really difficult to get to the bottom of it. Hey, don't click off just yet. I see you trying to pause. We'll be back with you to give you more thought-provoking discussion. Now, since they're just allegations and, you know, th- we don't know if there's going to be a fall guy or not, uh, we don't know. We can, however, talk about the ethics and the laws of what whatever is happening, right? Because we're not going to point fingers at who did who, who did what, you know. Again, as Sir pointed out, it's an ongoing investigation and we don't know if the guy that's going to eventually get punished is the pr- actual person. But we can talk about what laws and principles of ethics are violated when these allegations are presented bearing in mind that these people are public officers sworn to serve the people so like for me first and foremost you know there's a betrayal of public trust it's the money of taxpayers Mm. fund PhilHealth and trusting them to you know allocate funds properly and obviously if the alleged fraud and corruption are proven there's already betrayal of public trust you know because public office is public trust these people these health officials 
you know, they must uphold integrity at all times because they're accountable mm-hmm. to the people and it's their duty. Eh? And as taxpayers, it's assumed and we expect them to take care of our money. Wait, hold on. Sir, I have a question. <clears throat> um, is, would, for example, you're one of the prosecuting attorneys, would it be advisable to ask the judge to pierce the corporate veil in this situation. No, at this point, it's not really. There's no need to pierce the veil of corporate fiction because the liability is personal and the procedure is really more of the criminal, uh, criminal thing. So, for example, there's the case uh, of the anti graft and corruption. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the plunder law. Yeah. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, your piercing will not be applied because there's no misuse of public. the corporate okay. veil, but there's misuse uh-huh. of public funds. Wow. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. That's a little bit liabilities. They'll be personal. Even with the oh, they call it the mafia in some articles. So yeah, it won't do. apply talaga. Like piercing the corporate veil. Uh no, not really, because misuse as I've said, the misuse is on the on the funds and not the there was in fact the, the corporation is being used for uh, what they call this to, to serve people but it has been misused to perpetrate fraud but what has been used is the power to perpetrate fraud to, to perpetrate all these graft and corrupt practices okay, which fall under the pertinent laws on graft and corruption so if I were example if I were the prosecutor then I will make a plea that the uh, guilty parties guilty people will be sent to jail as provided for by the pertinent laws for example like Republic Act 13 corruption in any government, whether it's in the Philippines or in the West, in Western countries, we're just t- talking of degrees of corruption and the massiveness of it all. And unfortunately, uh, here in the country, um, there's massive graft and corruption, so much so that nothing's left to serve the people properly. Um, you can see this on the roads, the, the roads that are built, uh, which are not really strong, and yet, but they cost so much, okay? they get unserviceable after a few years. Okay? And I've seen this, for example, when we were living in Manila, there was a road that was not intact. Every year, uh, the contractor will make some repair on the road. Okay? And there's one, there's, there was nothing wrong with it. And that, that has always baffled me. So I just assumed that, okay, there must mm. be some hanky-panky going on all these uh, road works okay i'm not talking of the present one but i mean like there are there are cases and i'm not talking about no certain people 31 certain people but, <laughs> certain people. <laughs> but it, it happens you know yeah the, the massiveness is un- really unbelievable you know speaking yeah. of road works you ever notice how it's like every year they replace um sewage systems it's like pagdating ng June. Ako pa yung iba sa Does anyone else not see that? No, because I don't know. Ah, maybe, maybe it's my local government. But every time, uh, every year, I swear, when I drive home, 
there is always one section of a street that I pass through. There's always a section of it being repaired when it comes to sewage. Like you know those big cylindrical uh, cement things that they put underground. There's always tons of those lying around. Like I don't know. <laughs> anyway, like th- that's just the theory um, that that they replace that they use sewage. Like nagari klamo mom ko dun sa CP Garcia na road. Cause it's so bad, talaga. Like na if you guys pass there, the bad so bad. Like sa CP Garcia, yung sa my UP. Mm. Yeah. Like, Sobrang tagtag laga. And you could just imagine how much is uh, collected by the contractor uh, for exactly. the small portions of the road, and how much goes to their cohorts, their collaborators uh, in the in the government. <laughs> Yeah. Estimate ng quality yung ginawa ko nila, diba? Grabe yeah. guys, no, no stone left <laughs> unturned, no. But the sewage no. systems. <laughs> diba? You should always remember this Filipino saying, bato-bato sa langit, tamanay, tamanay, wag magalit. So, we're not, diba? Whoever gets hurt what we're saying, I'm so sorry, but you did something wrong and you should be made to pay for it. Especially yeah. at this time, yeah. diba? So many people have died. And now, I just, in the news, There's some nurses who have not received uh, their salary for uh, the past yeah. being frontliners, yeah. sacrificing their health, their life even, and um, risking their lives for others. And yet they're not paid. And who gets paid? Who gets all this money? But those who have power to do corruption. But so sad. Really so, so sad. Wait, don't click off just yet. We'll be right back with you to give you more thought-provoking discussion. Conversely, however, what laws and principles of ethics are upheld when these allegations, true or not, are made public? It's one thing to violate them, but what with liberties and what rights do we have that are upheld when we call out some officials oh, no. for <laughs> being corrupt, let's say. Let's say, hey, uh, ben, Mr. You still have to let's give say. me the book for my birthday. So if you disappear... <laughs> <laughs> people who uh, what they call complain against or who raise their protest against all Guess these corruptions they should not be made they should be stopped from speaking out their minds because it's part of our freedom to express ourselves mm. to express our indignation and to call people terrorists just because they say what's on their mind because they protest all this graft, uh, all this graft and corruption there's something wrong with it if that's the attitude Uh, and now the, the the move to regulate social media. Why? Huh? It's, it's part of the people's right to speak out. And speaking out does not mean that you want to be subversive or you want to bring down the government with you. You just want to point out what the the reality of life, the reality of the reality of what's happening, so that mm-hmm. they can be rectified or corrected. Because because if you, yeah. if you don't learn from our past lessons from the lessons of history, if you just keep silent, then nothing's going to happen to us. I mean, like we're not going That's to progress at all, and the poor will remain poor, okay, and the rich will get mm-hmm. rich, and the social, the imbalanced social structures will remain, okay, and everything will, yeah. will become worse. The problem will become worse. Yeah, actually, I agree with you. Yeah. Like, some people can say that. Uh, like speaking out, na reklamo lang kayo ng reklamo. Pero it's really important because if you think about it, this is how these issues gain momentum in terms of um, how it urges the government to take action. Because sometimes if people forget about it or if people stop talking about it, diba parang sometimes it just gets swept under the rug and never na kalimutan na lang siya ng mga tao. So I feel like it's really important and it's actually a good thing that more and more people are 
speaking out about these issues like sa social media because I don't think there's gonna be any other way to urge the government to make serious changes if they want to really hear the voice of the people. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. Like, I honestly think that staying silent is a disservice to your fellow countrymen. I mean, material fact will never be eschewed from like history. Facts will always be there to be testified from, the right? So I feel like turning a blind eye is what allows injustice to like persist through the test of time, especially now. So it's the question of, are we still gonna stay resilient? Are we just gonna let these like accounts like Evanes? So it's a right and obligation as sovereign individuals, as vested by our constitution, to espouse for change by mm. those systems that are meant to serve us. Like we're not serving our government, they're meant to serve us. So we owe yeah. it to ourselves to uh, speak out against the anomalies within the government. Yeah, and we all should re- always remember that sovereignty resides in the people. Okay? And as Kristen said, yeah, the government's there to serve. It's not a, the positions uh, occupied by uh, officials. It's not a position of privilege. It's, it's not entitlement to steal funds from the government coffers. It's a position of service, especially this time when people need service. Just to add that, it all really starts with speaking out. Because if you think about it, the whistleblowers from Health, you know, it all started with them speaking out. They didn't succumb yeah. to the corrupt system, to the corrupt culture in Health. And you know, that's really hard because when you're around people who are all corrupt, who are all selfish, who are all taking advantage of the Filipino people, like, it's so easy to be drawn to that. But, you know, if you speak out and if you don't I think that's a good way to actually make change. Kudos to this Kowa guy. Yeah, shout out to him. Diba? Shout out to... Yeah. Shout out to Kanela. If you think about it, there's, I think there's really something fishy going on in PhilHealth because this isn't their first rodeo in respect to corruption scandals and fraud and graft. Adami na. Yeah. This is not the first time. Definitely. So audience, again, use this cue to research on what has happened in the past like yeah. not just this issue that we're talking about now even in 2018 in 2006 if i recall correctly there there's countless i'm not sure how many now just i th- really think there's something wrong with phil health and i think something has to change with the way we really monitor phil health yeah that's true at the end of the day we should also not forget that there's still good people within the system yeah. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, yeah. the, the government would have collapsed a long, long time ago. So mm-hmm. we cannot. We're not. We're focusing only on the big fishes, uh, the the big fish who uh, who steal. But I personally believe that there's still the silent uh, civil servants, the true civil servants, the professionals who do their job, yeah. okay, who are un- unmindful of the long hours uh, with small pay. Uh, but the thing is, they're the ones who suffer because of a few who take advantage of their position mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know yeah. that's a really good segue because um what does this PhilHealth controversy mean for the people who work for PhilHealth um not just the high-ranking individuals who are who aren't even involved in the corruption scandal maybe even the rank-and-file um, employees of PhilHealth what about the ordinary security guard that they have what does it mean for what does this scandal mean for them Well, actually, um, like I think Sir Santiago mentioned that a while ago, but according to like PhilHealth officials, um, the agency is projected to run out of funds by 
2022 mm. and that's because of um, obviously the corruption but also because of the current pandemic and yeah. if that happens then our healthcare system will turn into shambles <laughs> and although it is the government's responsibility to keep it afloat like i don't know how they will do that because how will health insurance and affordable healthcare be made available to the people without the necessary funds you know even if it yeah. is their duty like if there's no means to it then that I wait. won't be possible sino yung sino, sino yung may ano sino yung may nagding na phone isilent niyo yan oh, sorry That's okay me, sorry Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sir. Papayag ba yun, John? Okay, shampoo ngayon. <laughs> Speaking And of that, guys, Friday sa quiz. See you on Friday. <laughs> so, in line with what Cal mentioned, like, how will the government now mitigate the loss of funds with regard to our COVID-19 response? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, are we gonna get another loan? Like, without, <laughs> right? Like, without a doubt. Na naman. Like, na naman. Like, without a doubt, the lifeblood doctrine's pretty integral to the state. But then, if if we get another loan from the World Bank, like, it's another loan on top of the nine trillion we already borrowed. And that's, and that's a loan that will reflect on the people's taxes. So... It becomes a cycle. It's a cycle of poverty, actually. Cycle of poverty caused by corruption. I don't know about you guys, but like, I'm pretty sure that even when Sir dies and I die, I'm, I'm pretty sure my kids are still going to be paying these loans because you know. <laughs> yeah, hindi ba like kahatapos palang natin magpay ng like loan from exactly. So yeah, <laughs> it took us like 30, 40 years to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> May... And it's weird because. Antasas na ng debt natin, and yet we're also the like we have like the highest cases mm-hmm. in Southeast Asia. So, yeah. so 280. I just checked uh, and I compared it with Indonesia because normally we're comparable with Indonesia or even Thailand. But if we compare with Thailand, we're so kawawa. If we compare Indonesia, we're still kawawa because Indonesia has a very large population and they're only like 200, yeah, less than 280. Ours is 280 na. You know what? You know, props to Vietnam. They had like 300 cases. <laughs> yeah. Sana all. <laughs> Sana all. Anyway, guys, thank you for joining us at Lex Talk Issues. We're gonna take a short break right here. Wait, what are you doing? Don't click off just yet. We'll be right back with you to give you more thought-provoking discussion. Obviously, these allegations—they're not just, as I said a while ago, not the first time. This isn't their first rodeo, Phil Health. Um, how can these allegations, whether or not they're true, because we're not saying if they're true or not, right? How can these allegations, true or not, be avoided in the future? Well, first and foremost, you know, PhilHealth should establish effective procedures that would stem corruption within the institution. Mm. So. It's what they and first of all, it's what they should have been doing, man, like a long time ago, to ensure that no officials yeah. of theirs is able to engage in acts of corruption. So first of all, like more secure IT softwares that would better track their allocation of funds, which I think is already supposed to be the protocol, but it's it's not being followed, obviously. And then <laughs> and make sure that the budget allocation and procurement of equipments are approved by the necessary government. Mm-hmm. So for example, um, IT-related uh, um, expenses are to be approved by the Department of Information and Communications Technology. That actually 
happened already but what PhilHealth did was that they in tried the, to buy equipment yeah. that weren't in the list that the ICT approved so you know I guess these are protocols that are already in place but they should be better followed and this should be better tracked by the necessary officers yeah I agree like by definition and applying our law 114 topic <laughs> <laughs> so like as said in the CARP code, the essence of a GOCC is to promote general good and welfare mm. and to make sure that a certain GOCC is actually effectively and efficiently executing its function. There is a central advisory monitoring and oversight body to evaluate its performance. And like what Bench said, this isn't PhilHealth's first ever line of allegations of corruption and negligence. Yeah. So as well as a mere below average rating by the GCG or the body that evaluates all GOCCs, that in itself should be a catalyst for keeping checks and balances, transparency, regular and meticulous monitoring and auditing of the corporation. Because it's not the first time, right? So what will yeah. a below average rating do? It's not an effective audit. Right. So I think they should like live up to its definition of being a corporation for general good and welfare by eschewing like the anomalies within the system. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's just really important to know that a government owned corporation is living up to its purpose and that their um, decisions are far from acts of the service and if such corporation is truly aligned with the best interests of the nation and its constituents yeah yeah well said well said nice nice sir okay i'm not i'm not so sure if i can answer your question how do you stop craft and corruption because i don't think you can to be realistic about it the thing is we have so many laws that are good starting from the labor code even during the marxist time the thing is do we comply with it? Do we implement it? Do we have the political will to faithfully observe what the law provides? Okay? So at this point, the only way for us to stop this, okay, but not stop it permanently because I'm pretty sure some people will do it again and again and again, we just reward those who do well and punish those who do evil things in the government only the government but also their cohorts in the private sector and as uh, professor mm -hmm. yorak would say that let justice be done of the heavens fall mm -hmm. i agree with you actually and it's actually sad how we expect that corruption will happen again and again you know like with yeah like our, it's a norm yeah like it's a norm mm -hmm. you know like we're elect and it's also sad because we're the ones who elect uh these uh, officials there, you know, like we el we elect the people who are in the offices and yet parang, we've never really gotten to the point that we're able to stem corruption and it's just sad that we have to just accept it that you know it's going what, to keep on You know what makes me sad is that when there's one government official, not naming any names, that does his or her job, not naming any names, um, this government <laughs> official is praised, right? Um, beloved by social media um, <laughs> yes, yes. not only because Pogi siya not naming any names again and, and um, galing siya Ateneo not, not naming any <laughs> names diba on these course just the fact just the fact that there's one of them doing good I mean doing what's expected and then everybody loves him it's just so sad that you know when we get 
one decent politician that does his job, we praise him. It's like it's out of the norm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like fresh face. Parin na hagulat pa. Apart from exception to the rule. Yeah, it should be the reverse. Yung uh, yeah. yeah. Not saying any names. Anak ni Connie Reyes. <laughs> Not saying any names, but major in public management at the Ateneo. <laughs> Now, sadly, all good things must come to an end. You've reached the end of our podcast, but still, stay tuned because we have a food for thought question that I want you to answer. But it is now time for the regularly scheduled disclaimer. All the views expressed here are the personal views of the podcast participants and do not express nor represent the views of Ateneo Lex nor Ateneo de Manila University. Furthermore, all news and quotes are accurate as of the time of the recording. Audience, here you go. We've brought back the food for thought question because after all, it's a special episode. It's our fifth one to air. So, this is the question and I want, I'm putting Sir Said also on the spot. Audience and Sir Said. Um, Sir said you may answer here live, but audience, please form your own answer in your minds as you're listening. After you listen to the podcast, that would be great. You could email me the answer as well, benjamin.salalima at obf.ateneo.edu. I'd love to have a conversation with you. Anyway, this is the food for thought question. There's been a lot of talk of privatizing PhilHealth, right? And in your opinion, should it be privatized? Ooh. Ooh, interesting. Take it away, Sir Santiago. The pro, the expert. Okay. <laughs> I'm not the pro on this. Uh, this is not my area. <laughs> but the thing is, privatization is one of the options. Uh, in fact, this is the first time that privatization has been proposed for problematic government uh, agencies. For example, I remember a few years back, they were suggesting the privatization of the uh, customs, mm. which did not really happen. Mm. So, privatization is one option. I, th- I don't think we should be close to that option. But what is the implication for the people? What are the implications, for example, on taxes? What are the implications for the poor? Mm. Because... Yeah. Privatization is not really an evil thing. For example, I am basing this on uh, water mm-hmm. service because before privatization, well, water service in uh, the place where we live, whether Manila or then eventually Quezon City, was really bad when it was handled by government. But when it was privatized, I think uh, the rates went up, but at the same time, the service improved. So one option is mm-hmm. privatization, but I don't think that should be the only option because the one other thing that we should ask is also who will be awarded yeah. the corporation when it's privatized. So again, there are some questions as to who will benefit from it all. At the end of the day, the solution should be it should benefit the people, especially the marginalized sector, especially the PWDs mm-hmm. and all these poor people who are specifically mentioned under the law as the beneficiaries, as the intended beneficiaries of the health insurance system. Wow. That's it. Thank you, sir, for joining us. Thank you for that wonderful answer. Wow. Discernment time. Guys, any shout-outs? Uh, shout-out to <laughs> Nads pala. Nagwapa-shout-out siya. Hi, Nads. <laughs> By the way, Nads, if you're listening to this, you don't even tag me in the Instagram stories. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Kristen? Yeah. Um. Shout-out to Tita Kit, Tita Carlo. Ooh. My dad. Hi, Mom. I made it. <laughs> Answer said. 
shout out as well to the ano to the Filipino taxpayers. Yep. Yeah. Shout out. Taxpayer. Sir, any shout outs you want to give? Shout out to all the good people in the government. Don't nice. don't go into the dark. Stay in the light. Stay on the right. <laughs> don't don't be uh, influenced by what is bad. Okay? Because at the end of the day, good will always prevail over bad, evil. Anyway, guys, thank you for tuning in to the fifth episode of Lex Talk Issues. Tune in to our next episodes for more informational and thought-provoking questions. As always, this has been your ABP for Initiatives Administration and the host of Lex Talk Issues, Ben Salalima, together with Jacob Kalios. Make some thank noise. you, guys. Uh, thank you, Arigad, for having me. And Kristen Matias, make some noise. Um, thanks for listening, guys, and thank you, Orgad, for um, instigating a really thought-provoking discourse. Providing you with their not-so-expert but backed-up opinions and our um, our most esteemed <laughs> law professor, last sem and this sem. Sorry, nagpapa, nagpapa good shot lang ako. Nagpapa Sir Cedfrey Santiago, providing you with his very well, very expert and backed up opinions. Sir, you have anything to say? Last words? Disclaimer, I'm not an expert. I just try to be good. And to all, stay healthy, stay safe. <laughs> Despite what's happening, just trust that everything's gonna be alright. Alright. Woo! Yeah!